0: Hi, and you're very welcome to the Final Whistle League of Ireland podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. My name is Breffney Early, and for the next hour or so, I'm going to be joined by Alan Keane, formerly of Sligo Motors, their record goal scorer in European competition, I'll have you know. You may have corrected me on that very, very recently. Alan, you're very welcome to the show. 24 hours ahead of the return of European football to the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The balls like the phenomenal of... Uh playing in Europe and playing against a, a European side and the buzz that it brings, uh, albeit not many fans at the game, but uh, over Ireland, all over Ireland, like you're, you always look at the European games and, and every player will tell you that it's played in it. It's a great uh, it's a great
0: occasion. We're going to be joined in a little while by another player with plenty of European experience as well, Conan Byrne, an absolute world legend, is going to join us. We're probably not going to talk much football, though. Uh, we'll probably be talking... More- along the lines of his own career, his own initiatives that he was involved in time at UCD, Shelburne, Sporting Fingal, St. Pat's, and more recently at Glenavon. Uh, Alan, uh, we're going to fly through the results of the last two weekends because we didn't have a show last week for various reasons, but we are uh, where we are, as they say. We we'll start with the Premier Division results from the 2nd of July. Drogheda United 3, Arps 1, Derry City 2, Waterford 0, Bulls 3, St. Pat's 2, Shamrock Rovers 3, Dundalk 1, and Longford Town nil. Sligo Rovers 1, played on Saturday the 3rd of July. And then last weekend, of course, uh, European fixtures played, out. we'll talk about them in a bit more depth later on uh, in the league, domestically in the Premier Division, Finn Harps nil, Waterford 1, St. Patrick's Athletic 1, Derry City nil, Longford Town 1, Drogheda United 1. Uh, other games obviously called off because of those European games. In the first division as well, starting the 2nd of July, Bray Wanderers 2, Cove Ramblers 1, Sheldon 1, Nil, UCD Nil, Galway United 2, Cork City 2, Treaty United 3, Wexford FC 4, at Lone Town 4. What are results there for two of the, the sides of the lower half of the first division, but uh, eight goals between them. And, and then last weekend, Cork City 2, Bray Wanderers 2, Cabin Teely Nil, at Lone Town 1. UCD two, Wexford one, Galway two, Cove Ramblers nil, Treaty United and Shelburne one all. The closest shells have probably come to uh to dropping a, a point or dropping a defeat on their record so far this year. Still unbeaten in the first division. Alan, I suppose I'll we'll come back to you on that. I said we did have a no show last week. We're kind of under pressure for time this week with all the European action to get through. So, uh, any of those fixtures and results uh, spring out of you from the, the last two weekends?
1: Oh, there has to be the, the biggest, one of the last Waterford's win against Finn Harps. They have been on a roll now uh, since the new man has taken over. So um, that was massive in terms of, I suppose, uh, psychological for for the likes of Finn Harps, who are now dragged into this uh, relegation zone where we thought there were a good 11-12 points clear at one stage and now it's something like, it's is it four, four. points? Yeah, so um, Waterford are on the up uh, Finn Harps on the down and Longford are struggling and it's going to be difficult for them but look it makes the league interesting which just shows what a couple of a couple of wins can do for you
0: Yeah Longford will be disappointed I suppose the way the last few weeks have gone given the fact that they um, managed to get a draw against Drogheda a decent draw last week yet they're still two points further behind the, the relegation spot above them
1: Yeah that's it and it, it, it is difficult and we spoke about this on the show a couple of weeks back when you're down there it is so hard confidence when you win a game you're buzzing you go in the dressing room you find out the team above you won as well and you're like it just knocks you back and then you go in you lose a game and you see the team above you has won or drawn a game and it's just it's that kind of uh it, it's difficult it's difficult to explain but it's hard it's hard when you're down there to get out of it and i just look like what we said ages ago longford look like at they, they have all heart, they've all things, but they just don't have the I suppose the quality. Um we spoke about Waterford having a lot of young lads and a lot of things. A lot I suppose a lot of things went on, but they seem to have got their act together. And uh I suppose with this uh, new man in charge and Finn Harps seem to be struggling now big time. So they've they've reeled in Finn Harps and now Waterford are on the up and harps and Longford are, are struggling.
0: Well, let's not get quite carried away at ourselves yet. They're still four points behind and a fairly substantial margin as well. So, perhaps not quite reeled in yet, but you can definitely say they've been on the hook. In terms of the first game, seem to be running away with it. Nine points clear, only 12 games left in the competition. Can you see anybody catching them? Although, Galway United seem to have come out of the blocks a bit like last season, a kind of a second half revival of their campaign after a disappointing start. They're now only nine points behind and close. And the leaders. Yeah,
1: seeing Shelburne, Michael O'Connor scored in what was it, the sixty or seventy second minute and I said, Jesus, they I, I thought he was gonna finish a draw and it was like they've they have they have nicked a win again, but a stunning strike uh at the death. And then Galway followed up with a great result against Cove Ramblers, a strong Cove Ramblers, a two-nil. And so is it hard? it's gonna be hard to see. Um it's gonna be hard to see Shells being caught like you know, and it doesn't matter whether you finish second or finish sixth on the table fifth in the table, you, the teams blow, you just want to get into that playoff spots, because you look at how, now United get into the playoff spots, and they got on to, to play Longford, you know, um, it doesn't matter where you're finishing it, most teams in that first division, will just want to get into playoff spot, regardless what position they finish, but for Galway, they're going strong, you know, 3G, like, we, we were surprised at them, all throughout the year, Looking, like, you said, as you said, at long, we flying it, but it makes it, it's going to be some, one hell of a running, um, which, as we said lots of times in the show, finally the first division it used to be, as they call it, the graveyard. Now it's 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 one of the most exciting ones in the league.
0: Absolutely, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that uh, the run in, in in both those divisions pans out because there's plenty of places up for grabs. Of only two goals separating the top three sides in the as well because look at that table, Shamrock Rovers, Sligo Rovers, St. Patrick's Athletic, all on 38 points, albeit Sligo and Shamrock Rovers one game less played, and there's only a goal between each of the sides at the top three, so plenty to play for in the Premier Division as well, of course. The reason for that extra game, of course, on both of those teams' rosters is we're both playing in Europe this week. Shamrock Rovers unfortunately crashed out of the once it crashed out because they beat Slovan Bratislava on the night. just not enough to to haul back a two-goal deficit from the first leg. How good was that performance, though? Um, on the night to win against a what will be a very well-established mid-tier European side. Yeah, like
1: it, it's hard to believe that they went they won two one, and it's a big big disappointment. You know, like we we forget like we're you know you're, you're the league of Ireland side and you're beating a a good side you've gone out and to, to to say that to the shamrock rovers players oh you, you but you beat them that's they won't be happy with that but the consolation they can take from that they've got a buy in the next round into the into the qualifying round of the Euro, Europa conference or whatever but what a performance you know and it's you're, uh what's uh how hard to pronounce it wiz is it or what's his name he was coming up against laporte and all these only just a couple of weeks ago you know so um, they can be proud of themselves, and uh, they put on a great performance, but they will be disappointed because I did miss a majority of the game through work, but um, I didn't get to see, but there was complaints, was their foul on Roberto Lopez in the build-up to the goal or something, so um, they will feel aggrieved
0: with that. Yeah, I suppose everyone feels a bit aggrieved when things like that go against him, whether it's for their team or against their team, tends to shade their, their view of things a little bit, but I suppose on, on the night, the positives out of it, Dundalk proceeded again, two wins for Dundalk in each leg, which does help the coefficient. That's four games in those two sides of have played this year, three wins from four. It's all coefficient points, it's all put in Ireland further up that um, ranking and table that will make it easier for, for playoff seeding in the future and, and for more favourable draws in the future, which again, it, it's all about building momentum at European level.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And Dundalk, like we all know Dundalk and their European exploits over the last couple of years. They just, they're just, they a good European side, you could nearly say now. But uh, no, I watched their game. Uh, they totally destroyed them. They were way better. Uh, Dave McMillan broke the European record and then they went, went over there uh, yesterday and Michael Duffy went to 1-1-0. So um, I was expecting a bit more from the Welsh side, but uh, especially with the way Dundalk have been struggling of late, I thought, look, this could be a bit of a... You know, be and losing to a well side because in years gone by, you, you would everyone would have been hoping for that, them draws. Um, so great win, they're in the next round, and I'm sure Vinnie Hurt will be delighted because hopefully they can take that form into the
0: into the league. Yeah, absolutely. And here's hopefully, uh, they can do that, and uh, I suppose to, to progress through, and we'd great to see one of them make it through to the knockout stages. As you mentioned, get a bye in the next round of games, and uh, they're two ties on the group stage. Dundalk, as it stands, three. Uh, those and Sligo Rovers do battle later on. We'll talk about them in just a moment. Maybe we might take a little bit of a break and have a chat with our guest this week. And um, needs no introduction to any fan of the League of Ireland over the last 15 years or so. An absolute legend. Uh, performed so well over the years. UCD, St. Pat's, Shells, ball and then for a little spell more recently with Dunavon up north. Conan Byrne of St. Pat's joins us, of course, a member of the team over there, formerly the Greatest League in the World podcast, now Arena the Arena, uh, their podcast, LOI Arena. Uh, Check that out as well. It's a fantastic show. Himself and Con uh, get up to every week talking about everything that's going on in the League of Ireland. No more than we do here. We promote everything everything league related, and they're one of the highlights of my week most weeks. Uh, Alan, jump over to our chat that we had earlier today with Conan Byrne. Conan Byrne, delighted to have you on the show. You're very welcome to the program.
2: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, lads.
0: It's been, I suppose, a while, and we've got a little bit of a bone to pick with you as well, Conan, because uh, you're probably the genesis for, or at least half the genesis for this actual show existing. Yourself and Con used to listen to you week in, week out, loved the show, and then you went the air, although you're back now, you came back
2: to ruin the party when we started the world. You welcome back to the world of podcasting in the League of Ireland. Yeah, I suppose we went we had a little hiatus, I suppose, myself and Con and um um we just got back up and running at the start of this season. So yeah, it's bullock, isn't it great to have so many that we can just listen to? And um I'm delighted to see yours getting up and running and the fact that you have an ex-player, a current, player and, and a women's national league player as well. It's great to see you. That's your a bit of a usp that you guys have it's absolutely
1: fantastic yeah Colin, i i, I listen to your shows are actually great and how good is it working with the likes of con who is like say so experienced in that between tv and stuff like that i know brefney is top-notch as well like exactly. <laughs> but like Alan, the, two of you, I, the two of you work really well like
2: yeah i, I can't underestimate how how an influence that can had on me in terms of um my very short media career today um just in terms of 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 being in the re- being in the studio with him when we were in, and seeing the homework that he does on people and um, our guests, um, his meticulous detail, um, just his homework that he does is just very infectious. So it's made me kind of row in behind him, and kind it keeps you on your feet. You never you never want to be caught short in terms of not knowing a certain there or certain questions that are going to be that have to be asked. So um, yeah, I'm, I learned. I have to say now, being, being with the likes of Conor over the last three, four years has been really, really important to me.
0: Yeah, of course. Anyone who wants to catch the show can, can of course, Johnna gives a little plug of where they can find it.
2: Yeah, it's just um, at LA Arena on Twitter, and it's um, part of the Pundit Arena website. So, um, yeah, uh, we're out every Sunday evening and Tuesdays on Spotify. So, yeah, thanks, guys,
0: guys. Excellent. Listen, I want to take take us back a little bit, because obviously we had Jeremy McNally on last week's show, and you're very familiar with Jeremy and everything that happens over in UCD, but I want to talk about maybe the period after you left UCD, you ended up at Sporting Fingal, um, but not just as a player. Can you tell us a little bit maybe about the role that you had there, and, and what you brought to that role after your education role in UCD?
2: Yeah, so I suppose I was um, I was brought in firstly as a as a marketing executive, um, straight after basically leaving UCD. Um, so my role was to get as much money into the club as possible, um, and it kind of helped when you had a lot of Jerry Gannon as the as the as the, as the chairman, and he's given you a load of contacts um, on who to co- on who to call, and the guy I'm basically bringing these people, and they're like, ah, no, you're okay. We're, uh, we're not looking to sponsor anybody at the moment. And then you just your next line would be, well, Jerry Cannon gave me my your number. Oh, oh, okay. Well, what can we do for you? <laughs> so it was um, it, that was a, it was a an easy kind of job for me in that that first year. But um, going on from that, then I became the community development manager, at sporting thing all, um, that was what I really enjoyed. Do you know, that's getting the heart of the community and having that blank canvas, I suppose, that we could kind of get get into the primary schools firstly and then into the secondary schools, into the local clubs. We had a great affiliation with the NDSL. So it was all, um, it was brilliant. Everything was f- absolutely fantastic. And um, that started out a bit of charity work as well with the, uh, a couple of the Foundation Trust, the sporting Foundation Trust, where we set up a p- power wheelchair team, a special Olympics team. Um, I took a group to Zambia a couple of times. Um so, yeah, it was a really uh, wonderful time and it was mad. It was in terms of the growth of the club. It wasn't all about getting the bums on seats like you'd see at other clubs. It was about getting into the heart of the community. And we were doing that with late night soccer leagues at certain in certain places around the county. So we had a late night soccer league in Balbriggan where the crime rate dropped significantly when that late night league was on. And um, so we were doing a, a lot of work within the within the local community as well that a lot of people mightn't have recognized. But it was uh, very, very
1: worthwhile. And uh, with that, Fingal obviously with Fingal going bust and all that, I presume everything went with it. Uh, Conan did it, and did, have you seen the aftermath of that in the, within the community? Like you said, the crime rates and all that kind of stuff. How much the football leagues has uh, has by Fingal gone has affected that again?
2: Well, yeah, Alan. The the only arm of the sporting Fingal, that is still going, is their Special Olympic team. Um, that's the only arm that's left. There's no um, there's no power wheelchair team. Those late night soccer leagues, they aren't going on. Um, I do, I think they did go on for a little while, but they didn't use the Sporting Fingal name, and they also didn't you didn't have any of the players there because some of its players would would make an make an att- uh would be in attendance, um. Which would always spark an interest among the, the the local kids of the community. So, yeah, I'm sure that the crime rate has gone back up to to the or, to the normal levels that they were before that before that um, those events. So yeah, it was as I said, it was just um, something that was working really, really well, and it was just such a shame to see it all all fall literally overnight.
0: Yeah, of course, on the field you had some success as well. I know Alan is absolutely dying to hear about your take on the 2009 Cup final. Uh, can You tell us
1: about that. I'm so <laughs> happy you brought that up, Reffy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I'd say Alan, I'd say you were counting your I'd say you were counting
1: your medals there in the last ten minutes, you were happy days. No, I have to thank you because that was the start of our success, so that loss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you just went on a run after that, but yeah, I couldn't believe it, it was um firstly the penalty. I know there was a, a, a lot of debate around surrounding it. Um I actually still think it was a penalty even even now looking back. I don't know what you're taking it is Alan. Um I wanted I, to ask I Alan, thought
1: was... I wanted to ask Alan Kelly there the last week but I didn't get enough time that we, we, we interviewed him <laughs> but I look at it it's dead in the water you can't change it now, anyway. Oh you can. He's greatest referee in the
2: world that fella. Um but yeah Colly James uh, Collie James like there's not many people that can, that can pull a, put a ball pass here on Kelly. No. And um it needed to be a good one and I, he actually was brilliant. And then in the last minute, the score I goal to win a cup final. It was just incredible for such a small. club. Like, I was working with the club. I'm from the area, and the, that that feeling of when Gary O'Neill scored, it was just it was probably the best feeling I've ever had on football pitch. Um, because it's just a last minute winner. You you know Sligo weren't going to come back. Um and yeah you're you, you've done it. You're in Europe. It was my our first taste of Europe at the club, and personally, it was my first taste in Europe as
1: well. So it was. Uh, it was huge, absolutely huge. So after Fingal, uh, it was it? Was it uh, Saint Pat's you went to? Was it? No, I took. Um, I went to
2: Shelburne for two years. Yeah,
1: and and then back to Pat's and back to Shelburne, was it?
0: That's right. Yeah, so I went, to like where you went you He spent a couple of years at Pat's. He did all right at Pat's. If you haven't <laughs> No,
1: no, no. I'm because he had success. I think he had success everywhere he went. Um, hadn't you?
0: Yeah, it was, you better
2: us in the 2011 Cup Final, so that I was I was expecting you to kind of get back at me then, all right, yeah. in the penalty That's shootout. Great. But uh, yeah, so that was that was in um, that was it was that was a good year. It was kind of towards the end of it, it kind of fought, fell, fell away a little bit. Obviously, uh, Graham Cummins scored a 94 minute goal to win the league um, for Cork when all we needed was a draw. And then a week later, then we had the Cup Final against Sligo and um, Kieran Kelly again was uh, proved heroic. A uh, great substitution in the 120th minute, bringing him on. And, um, so don't yeah, say that, didn't Clarky
1: miss- won't be happy. Clarky <laughs> won't
2: be happy. <laughs> he still brings it up to this day. Uh. Um, so uh, that was a great decision, though. He saved a lot of penalties, and I didn't even get a chance to take it. I was up, I was up uh, next. So I'm kind of glad, because he probably would have saved it.
0: In terms, I suppose, of, of your career, and you've won, has to be won in the league, um, you made the decision at the end, I suppose, you dropped out of the first division, you won that, and then you made the decision to go to Glenavon and uh, and leave the League of Ireland. Was that bittersweet, or was it just one of those things you had to do because of the circumstances of part-time football having a, a day job as a teacher?
2: Yeah, look, there was a couple of reasons behind it. Um, first of all, with the amount of part-time clubs now training, four or five nights a week you can't really call it part-time but at the same time the wages that they're handing out are part-time wages so you're doing a lot of um training away from the family um for very little reward so it was a case of either going to retire then or try try a little something different and i played 15 15 years in the league of ireland so i said look Why not try up north? So when Gary Hamilton rang me, I said, yes, or let's try for six months. And he goes, no, I don't really want to sign you for six months Either 18 or nothing. So I said, look, I'll go for the 18 months then and see how it goes. And I absolutely loved it. Um, I didn't play probably as much as I would have liked, but in terms of, um, a new environment, new challenge out of my comfort zone. Um, I, it was great. It was really, really great. And um, the club itself were absolutely superb throughout COVID. Um, never missed a payment, never missed a wage, was always on time. Um, can't be said for a lot of the other clubs up there. So it was, uh, yeah, I landed on my feet with Glenavon. They were really, really good and really looked after me. So um it was a, a wonderful time. And obviously, we. We got to the playoff semi-finals, um, and we were beaten by an again a ninety-four minute winner by Ireland in the in the semi-final to, to miss out on that Europa Europa League Conference playoff. Europa Conference playoff, sorry.
1: Yeah, Conan, I'm going to talk to you about. Uh, I suppose it is still involves in football, but the phenomenal thing that you done last year during COVID, uh, I think that was just absolutely exceptional. Like you know, you brought the whole league of Ireland, um people together you brought the spirits up uh what made you come about that or was it what you just at home and you just decided you wanted to do this and because even there's people still talking like that was just getting calls from players and getting calls from ex-players it was just exceptional like how did that come about
2: yeah i actually was sitting down um sitting down watching tally with my good lady here and um we uh we were watching david brady actually the former mayo footballer I know that's probably gonna um, bit of touching your heartstrings, a bit, Alan. I know he, you're, you're that's not your favorite uh, county at the moment, but
0: uh, um, a- after the week <laughs> we've had at the hands of old, uh, have talk about it. oh, you're touching um, on his nerves there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, no, he was uh, he was talking on. I think it was Claire Byrne, and he was saying that every uh every I can't remember the exact details, but I think it was every once a month he would contact um, people from his local area that wanted to just have a chat that were struggling during lockdown. And it just came into my head. I was like, well, why can't the League of Ireland do it? We might do it at a big level now. To be completely honest, I certainly wasn't expecting the reaction that it got. Um, I had over 200, between 150 and 200 players, managers, coaches, experts, all touching base saying, look, I'll do this, no problem. But then the reaction from the other people, it started out being an, a, a thing for the, a, a call to the elderly, but it quickly flipped and it was more of a mental health thing for young people that were finding it very, very difficult not attending games and then, or they might have had a bereavement in the family um, through COVID and it was uh, something to kind of lift their spirits a bit and receiving a call from from a player and like, as I said, I put out a few tweets about it like a few threads at the time and um they were they were received very very uh very well so we just just kept it up and like it was only meant to be a weekend of it and it turned into about a week of it i think so um and i probably could have went on it's still like i know some of the players that i contacted those individuals have have stayed in touch and it's been um yeah it's just been really really it was really good it was just something that as i said I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't fathom beforehand how how well it was received.
0: I love that. As Alan asked that last question, I wasn't quite sure whether he was talking about the the ringing people or the walk, uh, because that in itself happened during. COVID. Yeah. You decided um, you were going to walk from every single Dublin venue in the League of Ireland, right? right a route through the whole lot of them. Um, why? Why would you put that on yourself? Because that looked like an absolutely awesome experience. But a, a tough, tough task at the same time. You can never see him playing games, Breffinie, like, he just never stop running. So there's no, no bother to <laughs> him walking, huh? Well, I, I know all about long challenges and physical challenges, and to put yourself through that for a day when you're not used to that is a really, really tough on the body. Look, How is I the actually, body at the end of that?
2: Yeah, I actually thought it would, as Alan said there, I thought it'd be a walk in the park because yeah. that's, that's something that I can do. I can run all day long. So to walk... 42 kilometers i thought i get the cigars out i thought it'd be easy but um i was in bits after that walk for, for every days. single every muscle in my body i i remember i got out i got out of my car when i got home and literally nearly had to crawl to the front door i was in bits so um yeah but that experience was something else as well again you're not expecting reaction that it did and it just both goes to show that i suppose the league of ireland family that it that that if anybody does something that we all we all get it rolling roll in behind it and um yeah that was a wonderful experience it's not i'm gonna probably do one more last one as because i think once excuse me once you retire your kind of profile dips massively so um if i could do one more big one before that happens well i think that would be a that would be a good one. So I'm probably before the end of the summer hoping to do another one. I don't know what that would be, but um yeah, I'll be having. I'm getting my thinking cap on over the last number of weeks and trying to think us up. But the, the thing that it will be is probably going to involve not just Dublin, probably the whole of the country. So um we'll oh, see how nice. that goes.
0: We look forward to that. If you need a place to stay in Sligo, keen will put you up anyway. He'll, uh, no he'll reminisce about '09 and he'll reminisce about. Uh, That'll be a great evening's entertainment. Why have you made such a really positive um, use of your platform uh, across various schools that you've been involved in? What's been so special about that for you to actually generate um, that?
2: a good question. I, I don't know. I think it all rolls back to when I was in secondary school when I was asked to go to Zambia. Um, I was asked to go to Zambia. I was picked to go to Zambia, and I turned it down. And... Um, I turned it down because I went on. I wanted to go on trial to England. I uh, went on trial at Millwall because that was a, a dream of mine. I always wanted to be a professional footballer. And I thought that if a chance like this came up, I couldn't turn it down. But at the same time, a chance to go to Zambia and work with, uh, work with children over there, a lot less fortunate myself was a would, would have been a very unique opportunity so i promised myself then that if the opportunity ever arose again that i would do it and then i suppose with the uh when it did happen um and the support that it got and the, the money that was raised i was thinking to myself that we could i could do we it, it, there's a chance here that a lot more money could be raised by by myself and other people within the league um and but it hasn't always just been myself briefly there's been like the pfai have helped a lot um we mentioned brendan clark he does all the the commentary the the, the artwork and the design for my pit for my posts the amount of people that wanted to do the walk with me when when we went when we set it up um but couldn't because of COVID restrictions um so this isn't a one-man show it's a it's a case that I'll, like the things that i've done i've always got help with and um i don't know if that's come across as much as it probably should um but it's certain as i said it's certainly not a one-man show and it's just something as i said that came to me when i was a teenager that is something that i always wanted to do it's probably funny if i had a went on that trip i mightn't have had the i don't know the ambition maybe to do it as uh, when i was older you know so um it's funny how the world works
0: yeah i suppose uh finally we're talking tonight wednesday between the two european games two games last night. Tralee Rovers, unfortunately, uh, out of the Champions League. Look, they both progress into the, the next stages of the conference tomorrow night. Bows and Sligo, slightly tougher tasks ahead of both of them. Do you think either of them can make it through and join the other two sides?
2: Yeah, I've, I've, I've no doubt about it. That the, that the two teams have the quality to go through. Um, I know Greg Bulger will be an, a huge loss to Sligo Rovers midfield. A hu- like, and that can't be underestimated either. It's going to be a huge loss. Because he has been probably the star, not just of Sligo, but probably of the Premier League. Um, he's been he's been brilliant. So um, he'll be a big loss. But having the return of Johnny Kenny, I saw that was announced by uh, by Ocean FM Sport today this evening that he's been uh, he's been called um, he's he's available to play. And John Mahan is still out, so that's got that's another bit of bad news for Sligo. But on the form and on the way they played. The chances that they had Jordan Gibson had two wonderful opportunities in the game. I do think that Sligo will have chances and it's all about taking them. Um, so yeah, I give them a bit of a bit of a chance. I think Bose have a bigger chance. Yeah. I wasn't impressed with Starn at all. Um, and I think the likes of Dawson Devoy, Ross Tierney will have a huge game to play because if they can rise to the occasion of playing at the Aviva well then I think Bose will uh, have already one, one foot in the next round. And that's just the only problem that I'd have. I've, I've mentioned it on, on my own podcast about playing at a different venue. Some of these players are very, very young and they're going in to play at Naviva Stadium. And I know Alan and myself have both play there and how difficult it is. I don't. I, I talked about visualisation. I was a player that always visualised stuff in my head before the game where I'll be sitting, where I'm going, all this type of stuff. The Bose players won't have that. Um. So yeah, if that's just that the I think it might they might find it a little bit difficult if they don't rise to that to the occasion. But if they do, I can see them progressing, no problem.
0: Yeah, well listen, we might leave it there. Thanks so much for giving us your time this evening. Uh, that podcast you mentioned, of course, LOI arena. Uh, you'll find it on Twitter, you'll find it on the Pundit Arena website as well. The very best looking after the rest of the season. And I'm sure we'll be chatting to it sooner rather than later. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, cheers, corner.
2: Thanks,
0: Al. Conan Byrne there, Alan. Um, As we've established, you've seen a lot, lots of each other over the years. I suppose he would have been an attacking player playing against you as a defender over the years. One of your favourite players to mark or one that you were kind of aware of every time you come up against him? No, thankfully I didn't have to come up against him too much as in he was over the
1: far side. So I was happy out because he was one of them players that he just wouldn't stop running. And he was, you know, he he was... uh, just, the goals he used to score, the phenomenal. Yeah, remember the goal of bowls at the halfway line. Jesus, absolutely, he got some superb strikes. But look at all around nice guy. He's um, what he's done for the league, uh, promotion of the league, and obviously his charity work is second to none. And um, as we spoke there about about what he's done, you spoke to him about the walk and the the setting up the chat for during COVID. Um, that just turned out to be a huge success and. You know, what an absolute League of Ireland legend.
0: Yeah, he talked about the team that's around him for initiatives like that, but he seems to get uh, most of the focus. And And I really like how he has used, let's be honest, a relatively small platform in the grand scheme of an Irish sport in the League of Ireland, but he's used it to massive effect. And I think he has a lot to give both players and clubs in terms of guidance on. How they can really engage with the audience, with the, with the supporters, with their communities, because he's just got a, an absolute lifetime of, of that work over the years. Whether it was stuff he did in Zambia with Sporting Fingal or or on his own since kind of uh, going out with walk and, and other things you talked about, it's, um, I think he's he's going to be a valuable asset to this league for many many more years. Him, despite what he says about his profile,
1: yeah, definitely. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, communities and as he said he's retiring and he wants to get one last thing in but i I don't think he'll have a problem maybe when he's retired a couple of years because he has a good name within the league and um but i think you're he's what he has done others can look at for likes of charity use your profile get out there while you can and help others and not just be you know you, you do have a lot of time in your hands when you're when you are a professional footballer whether it be even a part-time footballer people love seeing you get within the community and they respect that because you are one of their own and um, as we said what Conan's done and bringing communities and stuff together is excellent.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, the best luck to Conan in his retirement and whatever the future might hold for him and his family uh, over the next few years ahead of time. Uh, moving forward, I suppose tomorrow evening as we're talking at least tonight, uh, Rovers in action in Europe. Uh, didn't go so well in Iceland uh, Bo's also faced What opposition. Your thoughts? Do you echo uh, Conan's thoughts, or maybe uh, disagree with him? In terms of what? No, fully,
1: fully agree with Conan. I think um, Greg Bulger. I would be really, really confident for like Rovers to qualify if Greg Bulger uh, was available. Um, it's just disappointing. He's been such a player for for Rovers this year, and uh, whether he whether Lean plays Dave Cauley. Whether he brings in Shammy Cure or whether he starts the new guy, I don't know. But what what uh, Liam Buckley is going to go, but they definitely have a chance. Um, I, you know, I was impressed with their performance out there to an extent that they had a couple of chances. But it, it, for a lot of them players, that was the first opportunity in Europe, and it didn't phase them. Um, whether having not many fans in the ground helps, but uh, there's some great opportunities as Conan spoke about there. Jordan Gibson's one and that, but. A Sickener, Sickener near the end to, to, to concede. But thankfully, the plus side, there's no away goals, which, you know, I still fancy Rovers to score at home. Um, but whether Bulger's loss will be key or not, Johnny Kinney coming back in, hopefully, will offer that bit of pace up top. Um, as for Bose, uh being in the Viva, as Conan said, it's a big, big stadium. So I was wondering, why didn't they just keep it in, in, in Daily Mount to see could they go through a big financial you know it's a big financial um reward if you do get through uh go to the viva to allow that amount of fans in could suit the opposition bigger pitch it, it is it is a massive massive pitch a lot of young lads is going to say it but look if you want to go through you'll have to win these games and and uh i i'm optimistic for both both could go through but um as I said, the Viva could be the second point for Bulls. Greg Bulger's loss to Rovers could be that one. It will remain to see tonight.
0: Yeah, I did. I was out and about uh, in Caracas and I bumped into Neil Morahan's dad. We had a brief chat about the the game tomorrow. Quietly confident is probably, or quietly optimistic, maybe is, is the word I would I would say for his his mood coming into the game. Uh, best luck to everybody involved in the European clashes tomorrow. In terms of the domestic scene of course a full round of fixtures this weekend because um the games have been moved to, a, to the european schedule friday night in the Premier division Derry city and shamrock rovers ryan mcbride Brandywell, while st pats and drada face uh, each other in richmond park winners uh, of either of those games be top of the table by the end of the weekend the and finn harps they're in auction on oriel park while bows and longford uh, and waterford and sligo will do battle at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. A strange time nowadays for uh, fixtures it's just it falls bang smack between the two European games should Bulls and Sligo both progress. Yeah definitely
1: and it's going to be a, could, could be a little bit of a fixture pile up as well and it's it, it is difficult when you play a European game on a Thursday and you do have to travel away. Um, it is tough. It's tough going. Um, you see the clubs in England complaining when they have a Europa League game on a, on a Thursday every game on a sunday and these are top pros who get massages probably coming home in the planes. whereas you know you have lads here uh, look it's difficult it's a tough task on the on small squads, but you're professional footballers that's what you you strive for and that's what you have to do and um it's just getting the job done but i think the game of the weekend is going to be pats and draw i'm going to look into that i think two good sides like playing football and obviously Waterford and Sligo is going to be have a really tough task with, with the way Waterford are playing at the minute. But um, as you said, touched on earlier, Breffney, the league, the Premier Division, It's 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 been a long while since it was that uh, close. And then you look at Dundalk who've, who've come into a bit of form and Bowles are coming into a bit of form in the league. So it's going to make an interesting couple of weeks. And the, the results this weekend is going to be massive for the teams that are in Europe. If they can come out with wins, it will be a hell of a hell of a result
0: yeah but like for all the form the Doc are shown they're still equally distant from the relegation spot at the bottom of the table as they are from third place in the table and and that's a problem for domestically we've seen how well they've adapted to european football uh, they could be in danger of missing out just because they can't compete at national level anymore yeah, and that's that will take a
1: massive, massive hit. And then obviously stuff coming out in the in the media that Derry City want to sign Patrick McIlhenny. So there's an excess there of of all these players that have been there through the success. The whole course is starting to to you know it's, it's starting to, to say you know disintegrate, which is sad to see. So it's a rebuilding process, as you said. If they don't get Europe with the wage budget and everything, it's going to be it's going to be hard to attract players. You're going to have to make cuts. Which only benefit the likes of the Bows, likes of Shamrock Rovers, to pick up these players. So uh, it's important that Vinnie Pert gets them back into domestic action. Yes, it's all great getting them through a round in Europe and getting that money, but you need to be making Europe next year. One
0: hundred percent. In the first division, then of course Shelburne, they make the trip to Athlone. They're top of the table, and uh, they can put a really one hand almost on the title uh, if they were to beat Athlone in Athlone on Friday. Ray Wanderers host Galway United, while Treaty and UCD, third and fourth in the table, currently will do battle in Limerick. Wexford FC hosting Cork, two bottom sides of the division, while Cove and they uh, will also meet in Cove on Saturday evening. So, any of those spring out at you? I think for me, Treaty and UCD probably looks like it's going to have a nice ring to it. Two very different styles of teams, but a good clash nonetheless. Yeah,
1: it's good you just look at UCD though, the sometimes the, the inconsistency that they have, which U C D turns up, that's the one. Like if a go if the, the good UCD turns up, they're very good. 3 though, Treaty, as I said, with the surprise us all year. They're they're actually a really, really good side set up. I've watched them against Goal United two weeks back and they they're set up really, really well. Um they play some decent enough football too. But um I think Shelburne in Atlone, I don't think it'll be an easy one for Shelburne in Atlone. Um, you know, uh, but shells have the quality. It's just as I said, the league is 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 a great league this year, and it's, uh, it's great to see.
0: Galway Bray, of course, on Bray Galway. It? Yeah, that'll be a, a nice. Cap. But, funny enough, if the league table ended today, we have our playoffs and finals. At Galway Bray TV UCD based on the two tables as we stand. So maybe, maybe at the end of the year. The final thing before we wrap up this evening, Alan ends. The FAI Cup, the first round draw. There's always a bit of excitement around this. People, dreaming maybe of that sprint towards a European spot or even a day out in the Aviva at the end of the season. It's thrown up a couple of nice ones. Um, Anything spring out of you? we're not going to go through the whole draw. It's available all over the the internet, really, if you Google it. Uh, Nice draws come in there. Treaty United will be looking forward to the visit of Dundalk down to the field. It's a nice draw.
1: Yeah, it's a nice draw. I actually didn't get to see the full draw on myself, uh, Brett. It was out. Go on, then,
0: for your benefit, I'll go through it. Fairview Rangers versus Spin Harps, Wexford versus Cabin Teeley. Drogheda United versus Derry. That's to be a top of the table clash for both sides in the Premier Division. Liffey Wanderers versus Cove, UCB versus Shells, Crumlin versus St. Mochus. Chelester Donny Carney versus and Kevin's Boys versus Kilnomana, Sligo Rovers versus Cork, College Corinthians versus Bohemians, Triple propose, Athlone Town versus Waterford Treaty United versus Dunbock Rovers versus Galway Minute University Town versus Millhide United St. Pat's Athletic versus Bray Wanders and Bangor versus Longford Town. I think I make that four all junior maybe really all non-league clashes. So there could be at least four teams from non-league in the second round of the cup which starts to get interesting at that point.
1: Yes, it does, yeah, and they can they can go on a, a, a wee run. Uh, interesting there, actually, I didn't know Gawley, uh drew Shamrock Rovers, so that'll be a, a tasty tie as well. Um, John Caulfield, we all know what he, he can do in the FBI Cup, so that'll be a, an interesting tie, and I suppose Drogheda and Jerry, I didn't get a chance to see the draw, I was out um, at work, uh, so, and I was out again today, so I actually didn't get a chance, and it, it's uh, there's actually a few tasty ones in there, right? It'll be great for the non-league sides. Um, I played on it once with Merview, we played from Mervy United and we played Ballymon and I remember we won on penalties in the replay and we got drawn against Derry City in the Brandywell. and the the great Lean Coyle was playing up front and I was just I was 16 17 I was in awe at him I was like looking at him on TV and this fella playing with a knee brace and Gary Beckett and that's what it's about for these non-league teams these boys are watching these Shamrock Rovers players are watching all these they want to get to the next round they're craving these draws and it's i think it's great i love the fbi cup it's it's um it's brilliant for you know bringing the non league teams in and and i like when there is non league draws uh so it, you get to see the next one in the next round but obviously the non league teams are always looking to get the t- the top teams and um it's going to be interesting
0: no absolutely i remember um on my career uh, on my very 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 best day it was decidedly average at a very low standard but as kids, we drew Galway United in the Connacht Cup with my local team here, Carrick Brown, and we he had a set of jerseys, you know, and Alan Murphy and other names that I played for Ireland in football a week or two previously. We're all in our home pitch. We mad. We took the league, got one nil up. We ended up getting hammered. I think we ended up losing 4-1 in the end. But we live for that. a league player that thought of getting um, some of these big names from the League of Ireland into your home ground, and you can playing field, it's a nice draw, isn't it?
1: It is, but I bet you what happened there uh, Brethny, the whole community came out to cut the pitch, line the pitch put the flags up, and it just for whatever that build up that week you felt like pro footballers you know, you felt like you're in awe of of these boys coming and you walk in, you're like, it's just it brings the community together, it brings that buzz and for lads that want to aspire, younger lads playing in them teams that want to aspire to play um, professional football or play in the League of Ireland, you come up and you go, right, I have to get to this standard. Wow, I didn't realise it was this this high of a standard. And you feel that buzz and then you start craving that. And uh, I think it's great for the communities and great for the clubs, the local clubs. But the only side was that it's a pity about the fans because it used to be a big money, you know, 60-40 for the clubs. So I don't know what they've done this year, whether there's some sort of stuff there because... That's why you want to draw the likes of Shamrock Rovers, the Sligo Rovers, and that. You know, you draw them away, you could get two or three thousand at the game, and you're, you're you're laughing. You're only a small little club, and you know it does. That could do you for years buy loads of jerseys, nets. You you know, build a stand. So no, it is phenomenal. And it's great for the communities, and it's just the buzz that it brings.
0: They could sign old, old professionals like yourself, and you could get a deal out of
1: it. You saw could, of it. but but it reminds me. It reminds me so much of. The League of Ireland team's playing in Europe. We're going playing against these teams. You know, that that kind of buzz for us is for likes of them. They might never get the opportunity again. But no, I won't be dusting off my boots anyway. That's I won't be chasing any League of Ireland players around anymore.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, a lot of familiar names in some of those teams as well. I can't think of examples off the top of my head, but I know St Moctis have a couple of League of Ireland players playing in their ranks kilna managed by keith foy if i'm not mistaken with a couple of other lads floating around for well known to league of ireland fans so um not altogether this small little village perception that we're painting there's some very very talented players yeah. that for one reason or another are in those Leinster senior league or Munster or junior sites
1: oh yeah there's loads of loads of lads that you go out and you see some really strong side some of them might have could still be playing League of Ireland football, but just for work commitments or stuff like that, that they've decided to, you know, I can't do that, and they continue playing the football. There's some great sides, and uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. And then it's as I said, the FA Cup, FAI Cup, always brings up a few surprises.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, it's no surprise that we have run out of time. Uh, thank you so much to Conal Byrne for joining us. Great to have him on the show. Uh, one of my favorite characters um, and most inspirational people, in in my opinion, over the last few years. As I said, a bit of a genesis for why we started the platform uh, at the start of this season. So, uh, Alan, thank you so much for joining us, as always. Uh, we'll be back next week with Dean Linger to chat about uh, the fallout from Europe and maybe whatever European ties we are looking next week. Alan, thanks very much for joining us again.
1: No problem, Brett.